friends and family, welcome to a new episode of Too Big Too Bail. I am Eric. I am with Colton. This, this is the is pod. Me, this is the podcast where we spin each other's uh, wheels composed of movies, and whenever we pick get a movie, we spin, we watch it, and the mo- movies are mostly terrible. And uh, but we try to find the light and positivity in these. It's movies. a positivity pod, man. Positivity We're, pod. And I want to double down on that in this in this beautiful fresh new year of ours, ours Lord, twenty twenty one. One one twenty one. One one twenty one. Here we are. Here we are. And so, uh, yeah. So it's about uh, these are movies that Eric and I typically would not enjoy, and oftentimes do not enjoy. But it's about finding uh, finding a shining light in every movie, a, sh- a shaving Silverman, if you will. Mm. And uh, and the 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 idea is that uh, even the worst movie has something that you can like in it. And I think that's I think that's something beautiful because I love movies. Uh, and and if you listen to all the episodes, uh, you might think that that idea is challenged a lot. But even um, a bad movie, it can oftentimes we can. This is the idea. We can find something that we like that we can highlight as as something good. And uh, and and we're we're really gonna go into that this year. Cole, and I I'm couldn't. Gonna... That was a beautiful way to put our podcast. You're a wordsmith. Thank you. I, I I don't know if you if you if you listen uh, all to all the past episodes, it might not fit exactly what I said. But everything going forward, I'm we're gonna try and squeeze it into there. Yes. Uh, so so cold. so last week, or you know what? It's been a while. We're kind of uh, I, I I've been under the weather. Uh, I got the vid, and uh, I have recovered, and I'm safe, and I'm happy. Um, but last episode, you you spun. Oh, I guess we should start with me. Yeah, go ahead. I'm, you, I you made it through. I put this movie. It's, this is a very uh, infamous movie on the internet. Uh, this was actually sh- on my list for you as well. So really, it's, it's, wow, we got we crossed them off. <laughs> a little crossover. A little crossover. Uh, uh, the movie is Tiptoes. It stars uh, your your man Matthew McConaughey and uh, Gary Oldman. It My is, man. It, this movie is infamous because it's it's a movie all about little people or it dwarves. we we throughout the whole movie no. we weren't sure how to say it. So uh, they 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 say the word midget a couple of times in the movie, but it is treated rightly so as as a kind of um uh you know they're not they, it's they like say a, they're not midgets a, we're little people that's what they right. say that like a lot. It's very much about trying to write that ship, and I think mm-hmm. I think it does a pretty good job of that. And that's like the main, I think, thing that the only thing the movie honestly ham- like. Well, every time, every time it is said, it is like it is, it is like someone has just like spit in in Matthew McConaughey's face, and he's yeah. like, no, don't, don't, don't do that. But I was, I'm so excited for you to talk about this movie. I was so excited yeah. to watch you it with what? you. I actually, I, I, I'm actually excited to talk about this movie too because uh, when I watched it with you, uh, I can't say that I loved it upon <laughs> upon first watching. Um, but it, when I kind of sat with it a little bit longer and I thought about just kind of the beats of the movie and like what actually takes place in it, I actually ended up liking it in, in post a lot more than I thought I would. I don't. I, I can't say this is like a, you know a top tier uh, movie or anything, but uh, I did end up liking it more uh, the more that I kind of molded over. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess one of the big offenses I, I'm sure online is that is that Gary Oldman does play a little person in this movie. He's mm-hmm. like in prosthetics and I guess I'm walking around on his knees. It's it's there are times when when I'm genuinely don't understand how it's working and no, then there's Colton, times they just raised the set three feet. <laughs> They raise well, no, because you see his like he wa- There's times yeah. where you see him, and it's like, did they just like CGI out his legs? A lot of body doubles. Like I, I think there's a lot of body doubles that they did for him. Like, I, I'm not eager to really understand exactly how they did it because remember the they, couch, well, remember the couch when, apparatus. Yeah, the, well, that is actually something that I, <laughs> I, I will. Uh, I will admit was one of my saving Superman's was there are several parts of the movie where Gary Oldman does just sit on a couch where he is clearly inside of the couch and there are little dangly legs that are not his. He's always sitting like, on the couch in the same position. Like, right. It's like a Muppet. Scenes. It's, it's a Muppet trick. It's an yeah. old Muppet trick. 
And that is one of my saving Silvermans is Gary, uh, Gary Oldman into couch. And uh, it, it, there, those are times when you can very easily tell how they've done the the trick here. But there are other times where it's a little more smooth and uh, it's not always great. And sometimes it's just like, what am I looking at? Uh, but I think it's pretty funny when you see him in the couch. In, in the couch. In the couch. So Saving Silverman won into Gary Oldman in the couch. But let's get into what this, uh, this dang old film is about. And it, it kind of... It came out in 2003, and it has the feel of, like, a movie that would be going to, like, Sundance in 2003, and, like, what you would watch on HBO later that year or something. I don't think this was, like, this has a feeling of, like, uh, what would have been considered, like, an indie darling, but I don't think it got that uh, particular reputation after it came out. Uh, And I think most of the people involved have kind of, like, walked away from it oh yeah gary oldman hates this movie uh peter dinklage hates this movie yeah i think there was because peter uh, um as we found out that like this was he wrote peter dinklage like wrote this i don't think he wrote it but he was he was really instrumental in getting it made okay and then the power that it seemed like he was given to kind of get things made it, it seemed in the process of making it was taken away from him and and there were some parts that were treated with a little less respect than they should have been. Yeah, that was I think his biggest argument for against it. And I could see I could see that I could see that it shows it, it shows up in the movie. It does. Um. All right. So let's get into what this movie is. All right. So tiptoes begins uh, when Rolf Bedelia. This is the the family of Bedelia. Uh, who is Gary Oldman's character, and a Frenchman named Maurice, who is played by Peter Dinklage. Uh, they are two dwarves driving a pair of three-wheeled motorcycles that Peter Dinklage's character had designed, and they were driving them 400 miles to a little convention in Los Angeles, California. Quite Along the way, um, <clears throat> Maurice pulls over and picks up a hitchhiker, Lucy, who is played by Pat- Patricia Arquette. Um... And she is not playing a dwarf in this movie. She's playing a full-sized human woman. Who loves dwarves. Who is... uh, I don't... I I just don't think she cares. Yeah, this is like a weird Patricia Arquette character. Yeah, because she has... um, This was between stuff, right? She's like beach braids. She's like beaded beach braids the whole whole movie. Um, She's desert trash. She's like from... Like her character is like desert trash. Yeah, every time that her character kind of talks, it's just like, you know, I wish she hadn't have said anything. <laughs> um, her her storyline with Peter Dinklage is, I think, the weakest part of the movie. Honestly, um, it's the most inconsequential part of the movie. Like, yeah, it keeps nothing. like popping up, and then nothing really comes of it. And it just ends. It literally just like, it, all right, yeah, the, their story just kind of ends. And I feel like it's probably as a result of Peter maybe like like being like, no, fuck this, I'm I'm out. Um, because it, it very much their scene their last scene is very much like this thing where it's just like okay bye now so they like got peter back on set long enough to have him just like film a goodbye yeah um but what has happened to lucy is she is hitchhiking because she just got kicked off a bus in the desert which does not bode well because she's kind of she's kind of a handful she's like she's She's a hippie in a way, but she also kind of wants to fight with everybody. Um, she's very abrasive, and and Maurice is uh, immediately just like smitten with her. Oh yeah, he's um, like, "This is my woman." Yeah, hell yeah. Peter Dinklage is doing a pretty Terrible wild French, French accent the whole movie. Very um and. Gary Oldman is like kind of annoyed with her, like from like moment one, and by extension annoyed with Maurice. And I don't throughout the movie, he and Maurice like keep getting together and hanging out, but every time it seems like they don't like each other that much. No, and it looks maybe, like they fight all the time. Maybe that's just like the na- the nature of their their friendship is just like they are of a similar lot in life. They just like kind of have dealt with similar things for long enough that they feel stuck together. I don't know. 
honestly, I wish I had more time with them kind of talking to each other. Uh, but alas, I didn't get that. And that's okay. So, uh, after they pick her up in the desert, they go to their convent, they go on, uh, but we switch locations, uh, to Los Angeles, where we already are, where we see Rolf's twin brother, uh, a firefighter trainer named Steven, who is Matthew McConaughey and is not playing a dwarf, um, and so we get to meet his artist girlfriend named Carol, who is played by Kate Beckinsdale, uh, and pretty quickly, right off the bat, uh, we get to establish how much of an artist she is because Kate Beckinsale has a pretty specific style in this movie. Uh, and by specific, I mean everything. Strange. She has every style that has ever existed. She combines into... Uh, she is just wearing everything. Uh, her her she, uh, style to me feels like her, her whatever her parents are, like they're super rich and successful like we saw. Like they're paying for everything, and she's never had to do anything in her whole life. And so she has like, well, that's like her lifestyle. Yeah, her but actual then the, like yeah. her dress style is like like when you tell like a kid they can dress yeah, she never grew for up. the first time, yeah. and they just put on everything. And it's just like okay, then we'll wear that. Like it's like the big daddy scene where he just like lets the kid dress himself, and he's like, all right, yes. then you're gonna wear that out. And that's Kate Beck. Like at one point, Kate Beckinsdale shows up like to Matthew McConaughey's work, and she's wearing like like a tube top and jeans, and she's also wearing like an old timey nightcap, like like a Ebenezer Scrooge type nightcap. It's the middle of the day, and it, it just I, I don't know. It's not. I mean, I'm I I don't claim to be in touch with style very much, but I, it seems very much like they they threw her into a ward a box full of wardrobe and they shook it up and then yeah. it's like whatever she stumbled out but with. But that was is what one of my saving Superman's is Kate Beckinsale's unpredictable style because every time she enters the scene, I have no idea what she's going to be looking like, and and it's uh, a delight to see it every time. It's it's kept me guessing and. Uh, and I'm sure whoever did the wardrobe had fun just, like, throwing shit together. Like, you're an artist. Guess what? You're going to wear a beret and... And uh... you're going to have one fake tattoo. Yeah, she does have one fake tattoo. Uh, so we meet her. They're, they have a loft, her warehouse type thing, where she does art in while he trains firefighters, I guess. <laughs> he trains it's a pretty, the firefighters. It's, it's a pretty wild combination. And it's like his family's like, do you make any money doing that? He's like, I don't care. It's training firefighters. Yeah, he doesn't He doesn't care about money. He loves, he's passionate about training firefighters. His character also takes like the strangest turn I, I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. There's. It seems like it, in the same way that Peter Dinklage, it seems like he just wanted to get out of the movie. It seems like there's a point where Matthew McConaughey's uh, character or Matthew McConaughey himself wanted to leave the movie. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he did. It's certainly not written about in his book. It is uh, The movie is mentioned in passing, but only as uh, one of the lists of he said that he made movies. Yeah, I bet anything. I bet you anything, like, when Matthew McConaughey doesn't do, like, podcasts or anything, he only does, like big media stuff and i'd be even then like i bet jimmy fallon and any of them like those writers know what tiptoes are they can't they know they can't ask him about it like oh i think every i think i think tiptoes is definitely like a blacklisted subject in in hollywood you can't bring it up with anyone who was involved in anybody it. yeah it's just uh taboo at this point which which is you know it's not it's it's to have that reputation i thought it was going to be so abhorrently bad and it really isn't that bad it's not like I don't know. I, maybe if you're a little person, it's more offensive. But I, I didn't see... It seemed like it was treated with more respect than I've seen it treated yeah, in, in, like, in a lot of other media. Something I do... Maybe I not as much as it could have. That I liked about the movie because I thought it was going to be a complete joke from start to finish. But like through like... You thought it was going to be a, a get a load of these guys? Yeah. Deal? Yeah, get a load of these guys. But at the end, I was like... It wasn't gr- a, like a f- great movie or a good movie even, but like it did get across. It did get that thing across. Like right, it did. It that, did accomplish uh, its one major thing, and I appreciate that. I think that the 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 worst thing that you can say about it, other than the fact that like, sure, Gary Oldman shouldn't have played a little person. Um, I think the the worst thing you could say about it is it's kind of boring. It's yeah. it, it's 
it's like um a lifetime movie because it's all just kind of like family drama and it's it, and it seems like um the fact that these these folks are you know little people that are related is such a um just like a tossed off thing pretty much the only the only time it really comes up is when well we'll get to it so okay so matthew mcgonaghy is also going to this little convention um but he doesn't tell his he doesn't tell his girlfriend carol he doesn't tell he says i'm going out what he's doing yeah he's like he's like says he's going out for a couple i don't know he's a fucking strange man he can do what he wants i guess um, so when Steven arrives uh, to the Little People Defense League convention, uh, we find out that he and Rolf's parents are also little uh, are also little people. So the condition runs in the family. It's it's uh, mo- most of his family members are little people. Um, he he is he is as they call him the big guy of the family. He's the guy who reaches um, up and gets the, the pickles from the top shelf. Right, he's the one. Uh, he's is seemingly the only member of the family who who doesn't have dwarfism. I wonder um, how like if when they do have like a little like little people big world type of families, how like is it one in seven kids? Is it one in eight kids? I don't. I I don't. I didn't. Uh, I'm. I know. I, I promised I was going to start doing more research for this, but I didn't uh, do that for this particular. And this would have been one, a good one to do research about. Uh, so I don't know anywhere near the kind of numbers. Um, but I think I. I believe that it is a dominant gene. Uh, so it. If. So it's more probable. Um, if it's if it runs in the family, then not, I think, and I could be wrong, and you could call me on it, and I wouldn't uh, wouldn't have a damn thing to say about it. Uh, so we find out that uh, Rolf. Okay, so Rolf shows up to this thing pretty much when it's all over. Like we already met all the family. Uh, we Stephen has kind of schmoozed with everybody. He dances. There's a lot of dancing. Uh, his dad is played by. Um, the, the man, the, the, the little person from, who is a most famous <laughs> dancing man, Twin Peaks. the red room what, what man, you, the red room man who talks backwards and, and like dances all cool. <laughs> one of my favorite, honestly, one of my favorite characters. It was wild when he turned into a, a tree. tree when he turned into a tree with a heart in it. <laughs> with light that, in was, <laughs> uh, that was a, that was a strange treat. I think um, he died. Didn't he? Um, he is, pa- he is passed on. I believe. The I think the actor I don't know if he is or not. You know, go ahead, keep talking. I'll do some research. On okay, it. so that that's who plays uh, Stephen and Rolf's dad, um, and and so Rolf arrives after the convention is pretty much over, and Stephen lets him know that their parents are pretty upset uh, that he didn't make an appearance. So Rolf doesn't even let go in. Uh, and uh, I don't know. I I enjoy. Uh, I think my third uh, saving Silverman is going to be like the interaction with Rolf with with Rolf and Steven. They like they 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 greet each other like brothers. It's just like it's like watching two people who just haven't seen each other for a while, and they're just like they clearly like grew up and like had all these stories between them or whatever. But it, it feels like they have a history, um, at least in the first part of the movie, and then it kind of. That kind of like chemistry, I I don't think it lasts for the rest of the movie because you don't get a whole lot more scenes where they're together in the same scene. Like I think there's maybe two other scenes where they are in the same room. A lot of it is kind of like Rolf is around when Steven isn't, and and when, or when Steven walks into a room where Rolf is, Rolf like will leave, and I don't know if that was. I don't know what the I don't know what the the logic behind that was, um, but I would have liked to see them kind of uh, interact more. Um, so I found out that he is still alive. Oh, his name Why is Michael he? J. Anderson. Why and wasn't he in the uh, revival? His birthday was Halloween. His birthday is Halloween. Oh, that's fun. He's sixty-seven. Did- I am looking it up any... right now. I'm reading it. Okay. Apparently, so one there's two reasons. One of which is that he th- he when he f- when the show started airing, he thought it was so boring, 
And the he show hated, was boring. He hated the show. He did. He said it was like it was wow. hard to watch. <laughs> oh my god! And then I, I'm gonna keep reading. A, like, let me see. I keep I keep going. I'll. I'll that's I'll, fucking. That's kind of badass. Yeah. Of him. Just like, like now they they said that the other like defining role is like yeah I was just fucking bored. I looked at yeah. it. I was like not into it. Uh, all right, so. Uh, so Rolf and Maurice and Lucy, they like, they head off and they, they, um, they get like a motel room where they're just kind of like, there's like a, a, there's like one of like the only like pretty abhorrent and bad, like short jokes is like, they try, the guy selling them the room is like a woman and two kids. And they're like, it's like a big fart. And it's like, uh, so Later that night, Stephen and Carol are getting ready for bed, and Carol tells Stephen that she's pregnant, and Stephen freaks out um, uh, because he hasn't told her about his family and the the condition that most of them them have, um, and he's afraid that any kid that he has will also be a dwarf. Um, and that's kind of that's kind of the bulk of what defines Steven for the rest of the movie. Uh, so naturally, he hops out of bed and leaves his now pregnant girlfriend, and just like leaves, just off he goes. So I found out the reason why he's not in it, and it's okay. because uh, in 2016 he accused David Lynch of some heinous things that they th- that this article does not mention, but. Uh, Apparently, the stuff that he accused him of was totally false, and David Lynch's daughter had to go out and uh, put an Instagram post and says she hopes that uh, Michael Anderson receives the help he needs. And Showtime uh, is not reporting about it or anything, or not doing anything about it. So, hmm, hmm, okay, weird. Weird, uh, yeah. Just one of those fun showbiz stories, huh? <laughs> Everybody just wants to see him dance. Come on, just do it. Right, I'm sure he I'm sure he didn't want to just like it's kind of like a token character. I'm sure he didn't want to do it. Also, I bet like the fact that he didn't like he hates the show. I feel like that kind of just like, Yeah, that probably factors in. And it probably there probably wasn't like enough money in in like in it in it for him. I mean, like how cuz like how much money I like I'm sure everyone else got paid like buttloads to return. And and they probably didn't offer him that much for to do, to do something that he didn't even fucking want to do. I'm sure, like, hmm. I get it. I get why. I get why maybe he didn't want to do it. He's just sick and tired of dancing backwards. I'm not dancing backwards anymore. All right. So after, uh, gosh, he runs off, and Rolf just kind of, uh, oh, Maurice almost has like a heart attack in the hotel room, and. And oh, yeah. Rolf is, like, trying to once. explain to Lucy about how, like, some of the some of the medical problems that little people, like, have throughout their lives. And Maurice is, like, being a dick the whole time and is, like, don't tell her this stuff. Like, you're going to make her not want to fuck me. Yeah. And it's, like, I am, and I'm thinking she's pretty deep in the paint to, like, pull out of that. Her crystals uh, fixed so, him. Oh remember, yeah, she remember? like decides to crystal heal him, and like he didn't ha- he didn't well, get that shit after that. And maybe it worked. Maurice le- uh, Rolf leaves. He's like, "Fuck this," because yeah. <laughs> uh, he thinks that his that Maurice is dying, and he's like, "I won't take you to the hospital." And Maurice's like, "No, I'm not doing that." I, like, right, well, I am out of here because I'm not waking up to like my dead friend. I've got, I didn't get that he was a heart attack. I thought it was like more that he was like really he had like an ulcer. Like oh yeah, it was an ulcer, right? I think he was he had like a really bad ulcer, but like ulcers can rupture and like do damage. So if it's like if you're feeling that kind of pain that it's feel looked like he was feeling, you should go to a hospital. Oh yeah. Um, but Maurice didn't want to deal with that, so Rolf said fuck that and he left, and uh, Rolf (laughs) ends up at uh at his brother's place, but his brother's not there, so he he. He uh, does he let himself in? He kind of does. Kind of lets himself in and starts cursing up a storm. Oh yeah, yeah. And then he um, he meets <laughs> he meets his uh, oh that's right. For he doesn't for uh, the, he doesn't go immediately to his brother's house. He goes to his old girlfriend Sally, uh, who is a dwarf, and and they're kind of on again, off again. And he's like, 
getting caught up on her life and like what what she's been up to and she's like i guess been letting this man live with her this like she, this this guy who like immigrated to the country and then lost his status and he's like staying there with her to like stay. it's like a weird and it seems like he kind of he's a, he's a a, a full sized man who seems to be fetishizing kind of the the little person and and he comes and find mm. he shows up and finds Sally and Rolf in the in their bedroom just talking and uh, freaks out and immediately like beats the shit out of Rolf um who he's like walks with a cane he's not like he's not he's got some he's got like a, a pretty large hump on his back he's <laughs> clearly got some like medical issues uh but he does get the shit kicked out of him and that's when he's like he says like you know fuck this and he goes to his brothers where he his brother isn't but his brother's girlfriend is and so that's how she finds out that most of uh steven's family is are, are dwarves um <laughs> so so that's what she I, I don't where does Steven go we don't really know but he's at work I guess right he, yeah I guess he goes to stay at work because she like pulls up oh, at work yeah. in, in her nightcap and she like she's like when were you gonna tell me all of your family is midgets and he's like it's so calm fire, he's like, fire training yeah he like, they're, they're he's sl- like they so calm doors. pulls her aside he's like hey don't say that don't can say that and she just keeps doing it and he's like really don't say he's like i don't care like in front of all of his like students like his yeah girlfriends. he's like trying to teach these people to be firefighters and he's like getting cussed out by uh some strange woman in a nightcap <laughs> ebenezer scrooge came to cuss him out about his his little family um so Oh, then we go back to Maurice's story, which is we keep cutting back to what he's up to. So Lucy is like trying to crystal heal him while she's watching cartoons. Um, and then the hotel manager kicks him out uh, because they seem like they're acting like drug addicts. They're acting like yeah. fucking strung out and shit. And uh, Lucy pops out and kind of beats up the manager Oh, she pulled and out a. Oh no, he has the gun. Maurice pulls like a gun on him, <laughs> and then yeah, like he's. I like, think they he's get like the, they, the they get the cops called on him, and they just like they like fled the scene, and it's like, what is going on with these guys? So they're kind of Bonnie and Clyding, like they're just like people who are probably awful for each other, and they're just gonna continue being awful. Um, all right, so. <laughs> Uh, okay, so then that's when Carol shows up at work. Um, oh, uh, we go, okay, so Carol shows up and we get that scene. And then we cut back to Maurice and Lucy, who end up at like a park where they're like making out around kids. And oh, yeah. They like kind of are telling each other their, about their pasts and... It's like, what do you, what, <laughs> why do we keep finding out about these people? They're not even in the family. Terrible. Uh, we could have been finding out more about, uh, about Rolf. Yeah. It's like, he's like, I love you, my little butterfly. Yeah. It's, it's and it's like a weird, there's, they, they, they it really felt like it was these, leading to something, right? It just yeah, felt like, like, I <laughs> thought it was going to lead to like some big thing, but it's like, no, these two toxic people just continue to be toxic until they decide to leave the movie. Uh, Carol returns home where she finds Rolf is is waiting to, for her. They, they, he talks. They she wants to talk to him about like dwarfism and you know the, the pregnancy and how the two might interact. Um, and he is like really helpful. He like he has all these answers for her, and he takes her to meet uh, his uncle, who is like. Uh, uh, a, a little a little person doctor who like knows a lot about like how the condition can affect you over time and affect babies and affect pregnancy and it's like he gets to he he runs the um the little people defense league and so uh he and his wife give Carol a lot of 
good advice about like what to do like when you find out whether the baby is like affected by this and um it was uh yeah it was like th- that like those scenes like kind of make the movie like make the yeah, movie itself it's, there it's like it's like like uh, kind of like when it's kind of like a movie that's like the community it feels a lot like the community be like we get it you have questions about how this works and we'll answer them like we'll let you know like this is it it's yeah it's a little different um so then they get invited to a party that is happening at jerry robin jr's house jerry robin jr played by a highlight of the movie david allen greer uh who is like some kind of uh, he's some kind of celebrity who also seems to fetishize little people a little oh, yeah. bit He's like um, famous in the little people community. He's like yeah, yeah, he's like famous. Um, and so everyone shows up at this party. Rolf, Carol, Maurice, Lucy, uh, and even Steven shows up a little bit later. He brings some of his cadets, uh, who they are they are not uh, very couth about the situation. It is a party consisting of mostly little people, uh, and they mention it. Uh, so Sally is also there, uh, Rolf's old girlfriend. And so Rolf tries to kind of patch things up with her after the weird situation they were in. And it seems like it's going pretty well. Um, and then Maurice and Lucy start to fight with Rolf's uncle because they think he's like too clean, like squeaky clean, like trying to make a good name for little people. And they're like, we don't need that. Like... They, they're like, they're pretty fucking rude, to be honest. They're like, they're like shitting on all the work he's done with this, like, defense league that he put together. Um, and so there's like an argument and, uh, so Ralph drags Maurice away before he can like really, uh, patch things up with his, his, girl sally um and then rolf confronts steven over why he didn't tell carol about his family yeah uh and steven's like fuck off man i didn't want to um and so all the like i said all the chemistry they had was fucking gone because steven's fucking defining thing for the rest of the movie is that he's worried that his baby is going to be a dwarf and he's like fucking weird and hateful about it um which is a bummer it's a bummer i wish that it wasn't how that worked out um so so rolf kind of runs off to find sally's like well at least i can have that like if if i'm losing my family and my friends here at least i can try and patch things up with sally my old girlfriend and what he does is he finds uh sally and she's getting fucked by uh by our good pal david allen green jerry robin jr's um just like and it's weird because it's in this room that's like it's a glass room (laughs) with with no curtains like the whole party is like around this room they can see like nobody they're not everyone can see this (laughs) it's pretty wild um so rolf storms off understandably so rolf keeps that's the that's one of the things he's like rolf keeps getting like the short end of the stick for like the bulk of the movie he's just like a good guy trying to like be good to the people in his life and everyone's just kind of like fucking with him i don't know it's 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 kind of like i don't know it's uneven it doesn't i guess it kind of works out for him in the end in a way i guess i don't know so weird strange Let's get back to Carol and Steven. They're talking about whether Steven's like, "Ah, do you want to keep the baby? And she's like, absolutely. I want to keep the baby. Uh, Weird, uh, weird choice for like, they weren't even married. Like they've just been dating like a couple months. They get married. This is where they, they agree to have the baby. But Steven wants to get married. But why does she want the baby? It's like, like, I think she just like, she sees this as like the next step for them. Like I don't know. I feel I like she really rushed no, Steven into this. There's like it's so no indication did. whether her like art career is like working out 
um, or or what. But like, I it it feels like she she because she like is so interested in getting all this information. She's like invested in this and decided that like this is the next thing for her. Yeah. She is going to have this baby. She's going to marry Stephen, and it's and, and she's going to. She raise put a the lot baby. on Stephen's plate really fast, and like that's it kind did. of why he, Stephen ends up the way he does. I feel like sure, but he like his constant reaction is to like just run away. Yeah, like, yeah, and so she she kept on like keep pet pushing on and pushing. You didn't see any of the red flags. Like Stephen was never going to stick around for this baby. Like we all knew it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so so. Steven decides, or I don't know, maybe it's a group decision, but they decide that Steven's parents need to meet Carol's parents. And so there's a big scene where it seems like they're leading up to this thing of like the mom being like committing a faux pas and being like, but what about being little people? But it's really, she is like worried about them having, they want, they want them to have a Jewish wedding because their grandfather is Jewish and they think he's going to die soon. And it's like, okay, it's. (laughs) Okay, it's like uh, that's the big payoff is they want them to have a Jewish wedding, and so they do. Uh, we cut to it. Uh, I guess several months later, because she is very pregnant at the wedding. Uh, they have a Jewish wedding with it looks like less than ten people in attendance in a park, maybe the same park that that Maurice was making out with Lucy. In. We don't know. Uh, so. The, sorry, the summary I'm looking at goes into the the Jewish wedding faux pas a lot. Uh, okay, so... <clears throat> so basically, Rolf has been living at his parents' cabin in Big Bear. And he is, like, crashing there with uh, Maurice and Lucy. They're just, like, all there... He's just like bumming it there, and I, I think he's I think he's pretty broken up over over um, uh, his girlfriend. Yeah, which I get that. I mean, he's like I think he's like finally pulled the plug on it. And he's like realizing that's never gonna be an option for him. Um, so <sighs> the baby is born. It is a dwarf. Stephen is upset. He punches a door. Uh, the doctor recommends that he get some counseling, uh, which is something that I think um, it's worth mentioning that uh, that Carol has been pushing for this whole time, that he should be getting counseling about why he hates, he's so nervous about this dwarf thing and why he seems to have some kind of hate for, like he has this kind of subversional hate for his family. Um, uh, he decides not to do that and decides to abandon his new family instead. Uh, so Carol leaves LA and goes to stay with Rolf at the cabin in Big Bear. Uh, Maurice and Lucy are there. They're being fucking assholes. They suck. Yeah. They continue, they continue to suck the soul out of this movie by being in, in tolerable characters. They just fight and are kind of rude and they act like they're on heroin all the time. Um, so but they, they so get cute. in a fight and then they leave the movie. And that is that so yeah. long. That's their story. <laughs> they leave together. Yep. So now it's just, uh, it's just Rolf and Carol and Rolf is helping Carol take care of the nameless baby. Um, it could be Vincent, but uh, the, this summary uh, would like to say that the the writing isn't clear whether the baby is actually named Vincent. Oh, it's, uh, isn't it so, Vincent? I thought they say Vincent. They don't say that. I think they they say that that could be a good name, but they, I don't think they ever say the baby's name. I don't know. Huh. Uh, so eventually, like, so Carol's staying here with Rolf for like months at a time. And, like, they're getting closer, and it's something's going on. And so eventually, Steven manages to come by, and he says hi. He lets Carol know that he feels like he can take care of this kid now. He, I don't think he's gotten any help, but he seems to be calmer about it. 
And Carol was like, nah, I don't think that's a good idea. I think we should probably go our separate ways. And uh, I think I'll take care of this as well. And then Rolf comes out and he's like, look, understand. I'll help take care of this baby. (laughs) And so so Steven just kind of rolls on. He's like, okay, uh, I guess I'll go. And so Carol and Rolf stay at the cabin and they kind of, they fall in love and live together. <laughs> they just like, she like puts the moves on Rolf and uh, Rolf goes for it. Rolf is so, a shitty brother, dude. Like that yeah, is he like, t- that is like he, he, that's so wrong. But that's the thing is like this whole movie, they've been like setting up that he hasn't been getting anything. Like nothing has been yeah. working out in the favor of Rolf. Uh, this whole the whole life his 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 handsome tall brother Steven has had it easy and gets to do whatever he wants and can like run out on a abandon his family abandon his responsibility as a father and Rolf is there to pick up the pieces and and I think Carol sees that and she loves she loves that he's there for him she she falls in love with him God. Uh, despite Steven's gonna kill him, his brother when he finds out that he's like I don't know I think I think like they hold hands as he's like leaving and I'm like okay so that's when I realized like oh they are going to fall in love yeah. and that's when Steven probably realized it too I don't think Steven Steven's gonna be fine I, I'm sure if they did a follow up to this movie it would be about the weird relationship between Steven and his child who thinks that Rolf is his dad <laughs> Um, but that's where it ends. It ends with like they're gonna be in love. They're gonna be fine. Stephen can fuck off, and it's it's more boring than anything. It's not like yeah, no. I don't. I wasn't. I'm not a little person, so I don't know if this is part of it. But I wasn't personally offended by anything in this movie. Um, it, it's just like it felt like daytime television. It did. It, it's, uh, it, and it had that kind of like gaudy score and it was everything was kind of in soft light it was just like it felt light and it wasn't like it was like family drama and it was like oh steven oh my baby why didn't you tell me it's like all this like melodrama stuff so uh, you know not super but not as bad as i was led to believe it was going to be same uh, and 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 uh, so after that, we we uh, got to watch a little bit of of your movie, which was uh, oh god, the sex romp comedy Tomcats, starring one Jeffrey O'Connell. That movie, like Jerry O'Connell. What did I say, Jeffrey? <laughs> Jeffrey, Jeffrey O'Connell, Jeffrey Jerry O'Connell, O'Connell. and uh, uh, and your 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 boy Busey. Baby Busey. Baby Busey. I just couldn't get through it. It's like the humor was like. All right. So can you explain the plot up to where up to where you tapped out? So the movie is called Tomcats because Tomcats is the name of a group of friends. They call They're themselves group of college guys, college guys. And they call themselves the Tomcats. And they vow to each other that we'll never get married and the last one to get married is going to get a bunch of this money that we're all putting in this pot right they're like all constantly putting money into a bank account yeah and, and the last one to get married yeah last last one to get married to that so it then it fast forwards to like what's his name sancho uh oh uh horatio sands horatio sands is in it and he gets married there is a las vegas wedding now colton would you ever do like a las vegas wedding like for myself? No, I mean you, you and your eventual partner. Like you're in Las Vegas. You do have well. Las yeah, Vegas. I'm not marrying myself. I assume <laughs> there would be a partner involved. <laughs> yes, there's a. Yes, I'd like to Las Vegas marry me. <laughs> uh, no, I don't. Maybe for like fun. Uh, maybe if I'm like doing multiple marriages in my life, which I might. I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know. I I I've never been to Vegas, but I Vegas people freak me out and i don't think i could be a vegas person so probably not i I, I don't know unless some like really bad things happen in the next couple of years yeah like i don't know i can't say i'm not at rock bottom yet but i i I could see a rock bottom being a vegas marriage for me Hmm. so so uh after the wedding what about you would you it depends on the woman 
Hmm. It's like I would never bring it up to to for it to be a thing. You, it like, would not be from your end. It would no. definitely be like suggested by. Yeah, if she was like, "Oh, let's do Las Vegas," when I was like, "Okay," yeah. I wouldn't be like, "Babe, we gotta do Las Vegas wedding." What if she's like, "I'm only doing it if it's a Las Vegas wedding." Then I'd be like, then I'd have to sit that sit back and consider who I'm actually. That's marrying. a bit of a red flag. Yeah, that's a huge red flag. <laughs> uh, she's after your. She's after your fortune. She is after my my massive fortune. Um, so I, well, you, you invested in Pez dispensers and it paid off big time. Mm-hmm. Big Pez money. That's that big Pez money. So you tapped out um, at about the twenty minute mark. Yeah, it was just there was a scene where Baby Busey ran over his ditzy girlfriend and he didn't care. And I was like, I can't. He li- he literally is like, I don't care. About yeah, I was like, I can't watch this. And to illustrate the point, he does run her over with a car. And she's like, eh, come back. Eh. So I think I, I haven't seen the film myself, but it seems like because uh, Jerry O'Connell gets in way over his head in Vegas Dead, uh, yeah. it seems like the plan is he's going. Uh, that was a scene where he was going to ask his rich friend Busey for money and he wasn't going to get it. Uh, so I think the rest of the movie was him. Uh, pawning marriage off onto the rest of his single Tomcat buddies so that he could be the last Tomcat standing and get the money. Yes. Uh, th- that doesn't sound like a winner to me, but, uh, but you know, uh, I, I will never know because I will not be returning to the Tomcat well. But speaking of returning to the well, what did you have to watch as punishment, my friend? Well, I spung our favorite sitcom, Disjointed. Now, you're going to have to do a full re-summary of this because the first time we watched it is in the lost, the famed Lost episodes. Yes. So it stars Kathy Bates as as Ruth Whitefeather Feldman, who is an ex, uh, a former lawyer who now owns a marijuana store in Los Angeles. And her son, Travis, is the manager. And they're just working at this dispensary and they get into wacky adventures every now and again a, a full laugh track comedy laugh track comedy Sick. on netflix made by the god himself chuck Lorre. three three seasons two seasons two too many all there's 20 episodes so two two seasons Whew. and it's can you ex, imagine 20 r-rated 20? and it's terrible yeah, yeah. The thing about it being on Netflix is it, it is completely uncensored, and they really lean into cussing. Yeah. They do a bunch of swears. Kathy Bay says fuck, and they drop at least three fucks an episode. Yeah. So it starts off this episode. This is episode two. The episode title is Eve's Bush. Mm, oh yeah, remember that part? That's that's funny. Now that's funny. I don't care who you are. So there's a dynamic between Ruth and her son. Her son is like trying to make the her business like more modern like more like uh more marketable functional. more like social media friendly and she's like eh, we're just a weed store we just sell pot you see and he's like yeah, what's i don't understand her pushback yeah he's like only like, trying to make you more money he's gonna do it like he's <laughs> gonna do it himself he's just asking you to be around it's like, let him do it yeah <laughs> what's the fucking big deal so they have the meeting and no one cares, but then um, Kathy Bates lets it slip that she knows that her employee is fucking her son and is a, and approves of it. Well, she knew that. That's been the yeah. big through line from episode one. Yeah. She, she, she gave approval right away. She wants her son to bang a lang. Bang a lang. Bang a lang. Um, so the whole crux of this episode is... Uh, a neighboring business, uh, Taekwon Joe, is uh, is forming a complaint. <laughs> Did you pause for the laugh track? <laughs> <laughs> uh, is forming a complaint against Ruth's uh, marijuana store because of certain customers smoking in the parking lot. You know, it doesn't. It's not a good look for the rest of us here. You know, when people drive by, they don't want to see people smoking weed in the uh, in the well, parking it's also, lot. It's it's a it's also illegal. Yeah, it is illegal. Like you gotta do it at home. Yeah, but it's not. I would. I would. I actually kind of agreed with her. It's like not on her because she's after they leave the store. Oh, I I agree. It's not on her. But like, 
you can I think I think legally you are required to like let people know that like all right you have to do this at home. Yeah. Every time I I, I have participated in this in this in this business, uh, I have been uh, stringently informed of the places and ways that I can legally smoke the marijuana. Hmm. Uh, Kathy Bates doesn't Kath- believe. No, she doesn't like it. So she is like this guy is also like has very threatening male masculine energy. He's a taekwondo guy. He's taekwondo, and he's like he's getting in her face like really hard. Right, but but the security guard is is willing to. The security guard's away. there. Yeah, the security guard's there. Uh, also, what's his she- main thing? He has. We'll get to it. You know, he does. Okay. Come up, okay. We'll oh, it's in the summary. Okay. Yeah. Have we reached any of your saving Silvermans yet? No, we're okay. we're getting close to one. So Kathy Bates kind of does a fake heart attack <laughs> <laughs> to get out of the situation where she just like collapses on the floor and waits for the guy the to old leave. Fake heart attack. Fake heart attack. And now we found one of my favorite servants. The transitions between scenes uh, are so oh, yes. bizarre, so random. They're tool time esque. Tool time esque. I would say more random. Nothing to do. The yeah, first oh, one. Nothing to. Do. Well, the the tool time ones were at least all tools. It made sense. This is a show about tools. Now the first one, the first transition, is a a lightning green lightning appears on the screen and then it's an x-ray of a person's knees right. moving where, back and where forth. where the ad breaks would be yeah it was yeah. just a trans it was just a, a x-ray of two knees moving yep that's it and i now uh, colton i was di- trying to dissect this why is this in here and you know i, I kind of figured out when i in the first like whenever you start first smoking weed like one of the first places you'll kind of feel like a little sensation is in your knees have you ever noticed that really have you ever noticed that i have i have not particularly noticed that i have noticed that um, when i was uh when i first started smoking weed like, now do you think that 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 was what they were thinking or that they just bought all this stock footage and that's like, definitely put that it. in there it that's looks definitely silly. That, that, that that could be definitely that, that that's another theory yes Okay. But also the green lightning only appear like oh it's terrible. So and then then we go we see a scene where uh, uh Kathy Bates' son and his girlfriend are talking and smoking weed and drinking disgusting room temperature. Oh god, smoothies. they were smoothies, but they oh it looked like all the ice had melted in them. Uh you oh, can tell they've been so doing gross. multiple takes and like they have been on set all day. Like it, it looked like it looked like a plastic cup full of paint. Yeah, it looked just terrible. And then we get to uh, this is not a Saving Silverman, but this is a part of the show. Random skits in between scenes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing that you know. Um, the same complaint that I had about Fuller House having to fill the full thirty minutes. Yeah, this show has that same problem, but it fixes it with these dumb commercial skits. Yeah. This one is a Lay's commercial where two stoners are watching TV with a giant bag of Lay's between them eating Lay's. That's the sketch, though. Nothing happens. Nothing happens. They just sit in TV and it says, Lay's. Oof. And then we get to, uh, I think, my other saving servant is an actress. Her name is, I have it here, Elizabeth Ho. She plays Jenny. She is a, uh, she's a bud tender, and she... Um, she is uh, lying to her parents about going to like medical school, or law school, and her parents oh, yeah. are very Mandarin or speak Mandarin, and like they, she sometimes bursts out How in Mandarin. How Mandarin are they? How Mandarin are they? But she's a really interesting actress, uh, and uh, that's interesting. But like, I like that part. You know, it's a, uh, it's funny. You know, it's is she a, pretty? She is pretty. She is pretty. So, mm. uh, she does. She does speak full Mandarin in yeah. the. It's talent. I appreciate it. Yeah. And then like we um, we got to give a shout out to also uh, another. This is a guest character on this episode. Oh, Betsy Sidero. Betsy Sidero. Our is it Sidero Sidaro. Sadara, Sodara. I think it's Sadara. Sadara, yeah. Sadara. She is a, a improv actress. You know, she's all over the LA comedy scene. I think is she oh, gonna be yeah. on SNL? Is she did she not? No way. No, no she's LA. 
Yeah, she's I, LA. You know, all I heard day. of someone getting LA in a all day. Yeah. And then she's a long. She plays one of the stoners in the, who smokes in the parking lot alongside her boyfriend. She plays um, Cart uh, her- Tone Bell. Right? Is that him? No, it's well, not him. No, that's Chris Red. Is the boyfriend. Chris Red is the boyfriend. Um, but there, her her character name was um, oh Dabby. Dabby and Dank. <laughs> Dabby and Dank. Show is subtle. I like it. Yeah, yeah. They play the classic stoners. Like they're the stoners who are giving stoners a bad name. Bad name. They do the classic Betsy Sedaro kissing a mass, a good looking man like really grossly. <laughs> well, that's like a classic SNL bit. It's yeah. just like kissing grossly in front of people. Yeah, and Bet and uh, Kathy Bates has to tell them not to smoke anymore, and they don't get it. And they, not to smoke in the parking lot. Not to smoke in the parking they're, lot. They're anymore. like the big. They're like the big problem. Yeah. people. Them and their friends are the big problem. So she's explaining to them like this guy's trying to take, the, trying to force my hand here, and like they don't understand. They they're so dumb. It's very Three Stooges sex. Like you're gonna ask me to do this? No, and I don't know what you're saying. Who's on first now? It's very in in tune with the the music of the show, which is all like uh, ragtime, ragtimey. <laughs> And then we get Nothing to makes another... me want to smoke weed like that old ragtime. Then we get to another uh, in between sketch. This is a uh, Ruth's YouTube channel, and she is uh, advertising oh, this Eve's is the Bush. Titular. And it's just a blunt, I guess. I don't know. It's called. It looks like a. I think it's a bud. It's like a big chunk of weed that looks like a vagina. Big old vagina. Yeah, and uh, yep. they go about There's it. There's a bunch oh! of lesbian jokes. And here is another great transition. I think this oh, one is oh, even more bizarre. It. <laughs> it transitions <laughs> to a man welding <laughs> oh, to another scene. I thought it was going to be the diner oh, shot. That's that's coming. That's the last one. But the man welding, and th- this is yeah, a transition just... <laughs> to her, her son, Kathy Bates' son, uh, talking about his feelings towards his roommate who is also the guy who grows the plants yes that is a transition gosh there's so many scenes in this episode i forgot and then the transition to the next scene is the famous the diner the diner <laughs> it, just, it, it an establishing shot it, of a, a diner di- the establishing shot it would of make a you think earl's like oh of course motel the next diner. scene yeah earl's the next scene must diner. take place in the diner yeah it takes place in the diner <laughs> but it doesn't no. it's back in the weed shop it's like a weird fade. It's like a weird crossfade of like the desert, like uh, dust coming across the se- the screen, and then we get more of the uh, security guard who's going through PTSD. He's like watching the yeah, monitors. Yeah, I guess that's a. I guess it's gonna be an every episode thing. Yeah, where he has like an animated like PTSD um, attack. And, uh, yeah, but he doesn't really have an attack. He's very calm. Yeah, nothing really. He just, just he's like, whoa, that's crazy, and then that's it. <laughs> yeah, it's like something you would think that somebody on acid was seeing, but he's just like looking at it, and then he just kind of like, huh. okay, <laughs> okay, well, moving on. And then we get another sketch of the uh, stoners eating lays, oh, but the now lay, they're actually the the, chewing. I think on it's them. a rule of threes. Yeah, I know they they only done it twice. I think they only do it twice. I think they come back a third time where they where they try and fight over the bag. That's I think this uh, one. If I know Chuck Lorre, uh, there's one thing that he is a slave to, and it's the rule of threes. Um, I know you might think that it is the rule of two and a half because of his <laughs> oeuvre. <laughs> uh, so then the next scene is uh, Kathy Bates' his son and his girlfriend are making out in his room. And they're trying to have sex, but they keep thinking about Kathy Bates being in the room with them, commenting on them having sex. Right. They're both kind of put off by Kathy Bates' yeah. vehement approval of their relationship. Yeah, they're kind of disgusted by it. And then it. they see, they both see two Kathy Bates. Yeah, there's two Kathy Bates in this scene. They're both arguing with each other about how they should be having sex. 
And then eventually they just give up and they go get ramen because it was just too weird. Right. Leaving the two Kathy Bates alone in the room. Yeah. We which... thought, oh, we thought we were like, oh, if they do it, oh, if they do it. If they do it, they oh, just made the two ups. Kathy Bates. If the Kathy like, Bates start making out, oh, if they just like go for it. And they really said they... it like they're about to set it up like that. But then they just light a joint and they, smoke it. I think that I think they were going to fight is what they were trying to yeah, set up. But... They were going to physically fight. And then they decide to smoke because they can't. The two they can't make these two visions touch each other. Yeah, and which is a bummer. Real cop out. Yeah, real cop out. Then we do get the third and final lay scene where they fight over the bag of lays. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we get Dank and Dabby's YouTube channel, where they talk about the truth about how Ruth is a uh, needs help and we got to go defend her, guys. And a weird thing about this shot is that it is a YouTube channel scene. Like, they're in their apartment or whatever. There is a giant, like, metal rod. Like, not a rod, but, like, this, like, little... It looks like a sharp pen is sticking up, like, on this thing. And it looks like Like a... a Like a note stab. A note stab. And it's, like, right in front of Chris Red's face. But it has no notes. No notes. It looks like she's going to, like, take his head and slam him down. And, like, that's going to be that. It's very precariously placed. Weirdly weird stuff here. Weird stuff, guys. Weird stuff, Kathy Bates. They talk and they get everybody to come to the parking lot at like a certain time. Yeah, it's like a demonstration. A yeah. Demonstration. This scene goes on for a very long time. Yeah, I think it... I think basically Kathy Bates talks them down, but then what happens? Well, then it transitions to them in the parking lot on top, uh, in the back of their truck with a bunch of stoners. Right. And Kathy Bates. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, Kathy Bates has to go up there and confront them and tell them to stop with a loud megaphone because she has experience trying to talk to stoners. Sure, she was a weed lawyer. Weed lawyer. She uh, then eventually Twycon Joe, whatever his name is, comes out and he starts like talking shit about Kathy Bates. And then this show, the show, the show ends with, uh, or this episode ends with Kathy Bates like jumping at Twycon Joe. Decides to fucking dive bomb him. Dive bomb him like slow motion for a very long time. Yeah, and that's really fucking ends. Nothing is resolved. Nope. We did see the next episode does take place with them driving back home after being arrested. So. Oh, is that okay? I didn't. I didn't put it together. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Well. That was disjointed. When we spin it again, we'll continue the disjointed saga. So what were your what were you saving? Saving Silverman's were the weird transitions, Mm. the uh, Elizabeth Q, the actress, and uh, Betsy Sidero. Betsy Sidero, definitely one of mine. One of the greats. Nicole, are we ready to spin these wheels? Oh, I actually am not. (laughs) So why don't you go first? All right, Colton, I'm going to spin your punishment. Oh, you're going to do the punishment first? I mean, I'm sorry, I'm going to spin your your wheel. It's spinning. Spinning. Where will it land? Where, oh, where? (gasps) Death Wish 3. Oh, wow. We actually have a, a, a couple of the uh, same things. Oh, you have Death Wish 3 on yours? I think down the line. I think I might have taken it off because I was like, I need to be less specific with these. Yeah, the Death Wish 3 is your movie. All right. Your punishment, punishment will be... The Big Bang Theory. Ah, you can't fucking threaten me with Big Bang Theory. I've seen more of it than I care to admit. All right. Well, let's spin the wheel for you, my friend. And what are we going to get? What are we going to get? Ooh, we got an action-packed week ahead of us because you're going to be watching the John claude Van Damme as twins movie, Double Team. Ooh. Uh, and why don't you tell me what your punishment will be if you can't make it through Double Team? I am spinning it. Spin it's it, spinning. baby. Spinning. Spin it, baby. Uh, the middle. The middle. Malcolm in? Not the Malcolm. What's the middle? You remember the wife from Everybody Loves Raymond? Sure, I. She got her own show on ABC called The Middle, alongside uh, the 
the janitor from Scrubs. Oh, the janitor from Scrubs. Yeah. Wait, wasn't that show called The Real O'Neills? No, it's called The Middle. Did the janitor from Scrub also get a different show after The Middle called The Real O'Neills? Hold on. Was that his last chance? The Real O'Neills? No, different dad. Different dad. Different dad. Who's the dad in that? I don't know. Some really box face looking dude. Damn. It's the mom. It is the mom from uh, the mom from Raising Hope. Oh, really? Yeah. The dad. I like her. The dad is played by Matt Shelby. She's in the Goonies. Nope, that's not him. Was she? Yeah, she's the girl with the glasses in the Goonies. Can't find the. Oh, the dad's name is J.R. Ferguson. Don't know him. Oh man, he played. Uh, he was in Mad Men, dude. He played. Oh yeah. He played uh the bearded was guy he one of in the Mad, Men. Mad Men. Yeah, he played the Stan Rizzo. Guy? He played the he guy. He was Stan. Yeah. Oh wow. He looks really different in this in this show though. Like really gross. Like looks like a strange Chad man. What happened to Stan? I'll oh my god, Stan. he looks so different. Looks like a totally different person. Huh. Well, that's interesting. Throw that on the wheel. <laughs> the real O'Neills. All right. So next week we got double team and uh, Death Wish. Three. Death Wish three. I think we can make it through these. Yeah, Death Wish three. I, I have an wait. I have an affinity for bad action movies. I can watch almost any bad action movie. You will like Death Wish three. I think I I I've seen the first one. And I want to say I've seen some of the second one, but I know that when Canon takes over, they get real wild. <laughs> they do. All right. All right, brother. Well, thanks for tuning in, everybody. I hope you guys have a great week, and we'll see you right back here next time. Bye.